Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Be Careful Out There. I'm Chris. And I'm Kelsey. And today I have a story for you guys. It's actually a story of the survival of Terry Jo Duperalt. Have you heard of her? I don't think so, but last week I didn't think that I had heard of Skylar Niece either. Um, but then as you started telling the story, I remembered that I was familiar with the case. So I guess we'll see as we go along. But the name alone does not ring a bell. Well, this is a really good one. Okay. I think you're cool. going to love it because I really did. I had so much fun with the research. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't think we have like any announcements or anything like that today. Um, remember, if you do want to start getting ad free episodes, you can check out our Patreon in the link down below. But other than that, let's go ahead and get into it. Okay, so I'll be sharing the story of Terry Jo Duperalt, a brave 11-year-old girl from Green Bay, Wisconsin, who in 1961 spent 84 hours alone at sea before being rescued. That is a horror story in and of itself, most definitely, but wait till you hear how she ended up out there in the first place. So first, I'll tell you a little bit about the Duperalt family. Terry Joe's father, Arthur Duperall, loved the ocean, as many of us do. He had served in World War II, and during that time, he got to visit the warm tropical waters down south, and he became very enamored with that environment. He loved being at sea so much that he wanted him and his family to spend a year just chilling on a sailboat and getting to see the world. <laughs> that was totally my dream as a kid. I was super obsessed with the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. And I would just talk about them all the time and just wish that I was a pirate so that I could live on a boat <laughs> because I have always been obsessed with the ocean. Well, we have talked about a couple ocean things now, like with this story and then like the carnival poop cruise. Yeah, and it's we funny because we love boats and we love being out on the ocean and stuff, but we're covering like all this scary stuff that happened out on the ocean. <laughs> 
yeah I maybe wonder- it's our way of subconsciously scaring ourselves out of trying to spend money on a vacation that we can't afford right now because like i would love to just go on a boat and travel around but we can't afford it so maybe so, these spooky stories will deter us for a little yeah, bit it's good that we're doing this instead yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah The ocean, it's beautiful, it's vast and unknown, and just alluring in every way possible. So yeah, I still love the ocean even now, Um, you know, at this point. Maybe after a few stories, I won't. (laughs) Well, um, talking about just how beautiful and amazing the ocean is. So this has been out for a couple years now on Netflix. Um, I heard about it on another podcast and watched it. We actually watched it together and we loved it. But if you love the ocean, and specifically if you love octopuses and yes that's the correct way to say it it's not octopi it's octopuses uh my octopus teacher (laughs) on netflix is actually a really fun documentary to watch it's like really pretty really well shot and it's very interesting it is yeah i want to watch it right now like it would be fun to just like take the day off and stay home watching that well we took the day off yesterday so we kind of have to work today yeah which sucks why didn't we watch that documentary yesterday i don't know that would have been fun though (laughs) so yeah having given it more thought um today i'm not sure how much i would enjoy living on a boat long term um there are so many things that can go wrong i also never really used to consider that i might get seasick and there's a good chance i would be paranoid anytime there was a storm or anything else that might cause rough waters But as a kid, I wasn't worried about any of that. I was just only choosing to see all of the fun parts of living on a boat and getting to travel the world. (laughs) But nothing was going to stop Arthur Duperalt from living his dream. It was a particularly rough winter in Wisconsin in 1961, so he was like, okay, now is the time. We're going to go do some sailing around the Bahamas. And they could afford to do this because he was an optometrist. And this was back in the 60s when they paid you enough money relative to the cost of living. (laughs) And you only had to work one job, and also one job covered, like, the whole family, too. They were a family of five. His wife was Jean. They had a 14-year-old son named Brian and 11-year-old daughter named Terry Jo, who is the star of the show today, and then a 7-year-old daughter named Renee. So they chartered a yacht called the Bluebell. I also love ships having names. (laughs) So adventurous. The Bluebell was a two-masted sailboat, and it was to be captained by Julian Harvey. He was a longtime sailor and also had experience as a fighter pilot in the Air Force. And Julian brought his wife, Dean, with him. So the family had a nice boat and a nice couple on board with them. They left from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and their plan was to go for a week-long trip, just sailing around and seeing how it went. And if they liked it, they were going to make it a longer trip. So they were testing the waters, you could say. (laughs) So yeah, they left on November 8th, 1961, full of excitement, full of wonder, full of hope that this would be the adventure of a lifetime. So they headed east over the next few days, and they made it to a cute little village called Sandy Point on the Great Abaco Island. Here, they did some snorkeling and just enjoyed the beautiful beaches. And the two families were getting along great, so the Duperalts decided to extend the trip by a few weeks. So on Sunday, Duperalt and the Harveys went to the office of the Sandy Point Village Commissioner, Roger W. Pinder, 
where they filled out some paperwork for returning to the U.S. I just have to say, like, it would be so nice to be on a trip and then just be able to be like, yeah, we're going to extend it a few weeks. Yeah. Like, imagine if, like, we went to Disney World. Like, you love Disney World. Imagine (laughs) if we, like, went to Disney World for, like, a week-long vacation and then we were like, you know what? We're going to extend it another couple of weeks. Yeah. Just uh, go for a week, see how we like it, see how it's going, (laughs) see if we're having fun. Oh my gosh, just to have like the extra money to be like, yeah, we're going to extend it for a couple weeks. Like that would (laughs) uh, just and like to have a job where you could be like, yeah, we're just going to extend it. (laughs) Like I wish I wish we had that like kind of freedom. Me too. Arthur said that this was a once in a lifetime vacation and that they would be home before Christmas. And this is the night where everything went downhill, and we only have Terry Joe's account to make sense of everything. That night, while Terry Joe was asleep in her cabin, she was woken up to her brother screaming. Remember, this was her older brother, and he yelled, Help, Daddy, help! And all Terry Joe could do was hold her breath as she heard running and stomping noises coming from the rest of the boat. Obviously, she was paralyzed with fear, but she became restless after a few minutes and had to go see what was going on. And I think it's safe to say the sight before her changed the directory of her life because it was her mother and her brother lying dead in a pool of their own blood. Wow, that took a dark turn really fast. I know, really fast. So at this point, she was filled with adrenaline And now she was having to grieve. She was confused and disoriented, but still she managed to walk around in an attempt to find out what was going on here. She climbed the stairs and looked out of the hatch to see more blood and what she thought was a knife. And as if this wasn't all terrifying enough, when she climbed on deck, she was met with a maniacal Captain Harvey yelling at her to go back downstairs to her room. So now she knew that her family was most likely murdered and that it was probably Captain Harvey. And now he was threatening her and she was probably next. She returned to her cabin and got in bed to wait, but she was only there for a minute when she realized that the ship was sinking. So now she had that to worry about. And at one point she saw the captain's shadow outside of her door holding something that appeared to be her brother's rifle. So she was trapped right where she was while the ship was going down and water was getting in. Oh my God, this whole thing is terrifying. Like every bit of it. And it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. I know, just one of these things happening would be just the worst. But like these are all going on at the same time. Yeah, this is a nightmare. I know, it truly is a nightmare. She just kept on playing the waiting game and won because it seemed that Captain Harvey had more important matters to attend to. Perhaps getting off of the sinking ship. And he eventually went back up to the deck. And when water started seeping into her mattress, Terry Joe decided that she was going to get the hell out of there or die trying. She went up to the deck and saw that Captain Harvey had already thrown down the ship's dinghy and the rubber life raft. And at this point, she saw no opposition to striking up a conversation with Captain Harvey. So she asked him if the ship was sinking, and he said yes. He shouted at her to hold the line of the dinghy, so that he could use it to get away. She let it slip from her fingers in shock, and as it fell away, Harvey jumped overboard to try and catch it. And as he drifted away, Terry Jo realized that she was completely on her own. Her family's murderer had spared her, but she had also been left to die on this sinking ship. 
At the last possible minute, she remembered where an extra life float was, and she untied it just as the deck became submerged. So she got to work on propelling herself out into the ocean. That sounds horrifying. Like, you don't... (laughs) We don't even know what all's out there in the ocean. So to just be stranded in the middle of the ocean, like no land in sight, just paddling along like that is horrifying. I don't know how I would react to any of this as a 26 year old woman, but to put on all of this on an 11 year old. If I was if I was on a boat out in just like the middle of the ocean just like deep deep ocean like even if the boat was right there i wouldn't want to like get off the boat and like swim in the super deep water not knowing what's beneath me like much less being a hundred percent stranded just like in the water hell no that is so hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Terrifying. Yeah, it was a close call because at first the line got snagged on the ship and she was pulled underwater for a minute before the line miraculously became freed. So here she was out on the open water. She hadn't gone down with the ship, but she was in complete darkness in the middle of the ocean with no resources and no company. And her family had just been murdered, and she had no idea if the murderer was still close by. Things were looking very bleak for Terry Joe in this moment, and they would not get better for quite some time. So it was nighttime, and all she was wearing was a thin white blouse and pink pants. Not only was she freezing, but with the cloud cover, she also couldn't see anything. Yeah, that's one of the things I was thinking about is like, she would be getting like hypothermia. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, like, ocean water is freezing. Yeah, especially at night. She had random waves hitting her and splashing her in the face. And to make matters worse, the rain that night soaked through all of her clothing. So this was no longer a vacation. 
no longer as if it was until this very moment <laughs> i love how you wrote that as if it was like up until this second it was it was still kind of a vacation but now it's officially over now she's entirely soaked through and freezing <laughs> <laughs> but luckily she made it through the night and was able to get some relief the next day as it was bright and sunny but eventually this became a new kind of hell because her skin started to burn rapidly with her being out on the water all day. And this entire time, she was becoming more and more dehydrated. And Tuesday was no better than Monday. However, it was much worse. Can you believe that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can believe that. Like, just imagine, like, uh, you're talking about, like, it bur- the sun quickly burning her. But also, you have to think about she's in salt water which is going to dry out your skin which is going to make it burn faster and worse and ugh, dried out like chapped burnt lips and face and ugh, awful it, like also just the fear that you'd be fe- feeling I know. this whole time just like the stress alone would be enough to like maybe just send you over the edge yeah like I I wonder if there was a point where, like, if you were just feeling, like, that prolonged sense of fear, like, if there was a point where, like, you would just become desensitized to it, like, your body just physically couldn't be scared anymore. Like, I wonder if that's even possible. I know. I was actually thinking about that. Like, that's so interesting. Yeah. So, at one point, she saw a plane and waved at it frantically, and I'm sure she got her hopes up when it started coming right in her direction, only to be crushed when it moved on. So it's theorized that like she just wasn't in the line of sight of the plane. Yeah, it was just horrible how it worked out with her being stranded in that outfit. She had no bright colors to help her stand out. She just kept floating and floating, moving in the direction of the British Isles. She knew there was likely no one out looking for her and that she would have to be rescued by strangers if she had any hope of survival. Her raft also wasn't holding up very well because it wasn't made for long-term use. And just the fact that she didn't have water alone was enough to make it clear that Terry Jo was quickly running out of time. In the afternoon, she saw large dark shapes under the water, and this gave her quite the scare until they revealed themselves to be porpoises. They circled her for a few hours, and she found this comforting enough that she said a prayer and thanks to God for sending them. So I looked this up and there are a couple of reasons why porpoises tend to circle humans on a raft or on a boat. Uh, One reason is to get food from the humans, which I don't think would have been the case here if she didn't have anything with her. But another reason is that they could be protecting humans from potential shark attack. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking, because I feel like uh, certain dolphins can like ward off like sharks and things like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's exactly what I was wondering is if the like dolphins were like protecting her. Yeah. I wonder if she knew that or if she just found their presence comforting. I don't know. She's only 11. So who knows? Yeah. That's crazy, though. But yeah, I mean, that makes sense because like dolphins have been known to like rescue people in need and they're like super smart and things like that. So yeah, it definitely makes sense that if they saw a stranded person out in the ocean that they might be inclined to try and protect them yeah i don't know if there was a shark nearby and they were just trying to keep her safe or if they just enjoyed her company but either way that's pretty cool yeah it's kind of crazy how uh, 
how like animals will just like instinctively sometimes protect humans like i also remember a story of like a kid that fell into like a gorilla habitat and like one uh one gorilla just like put the kid behind him and like scared off the other gorillas so they wouldn't like hurt the kid um but humans don't naturally tend to have the same instinct to protect like other animals you know yeah like somebody if there's like a coyote on their land like they're probably just gonna like shoot the coyote or whatever which i mean if they have animals that they're trying to protect like that makes sense but it's just like so weird that some animals will naturally protect humans and humans don't always necessarily naturally protect animals which i mean animals don't always protect humans obviously like there are bears that eat people you know but (laughs) i don't know it's just it's just interesting i would love to watch a documentary on this subject about like animals that protected humans yeah or saved humans yeah that would Mm -hmm. be that would be a fun documentary to watch we love documentaries (laughs) definitely super nerdy that night again brought some relief from the sun and terry joe had some very vivid dreams and in one of them she saw her father drinking a glass of wine causing terry joe to yearn for something anything to drink now you've got to be pretty dehydrated if you're thinking wine will quench your thirst because wine makes you thirsty (laughs) But she had never had wine before. She didn't know. Yeah, she's 11. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) He also called out to her in the dream, come on, Terry Joe, we're leaving. That's so sad. Mm -hmm. And on Wednesday, Terry Joe's health really started to deteriorate pretty rapidly. Her skin and eyes were badly burnt. Her muscles were aching and she was having hallucinations. She kept imagining a small island and trying to move towards it only for it to disappear. Then it got to a point where all her body could do was descend into a deep sleep. She did not awake from this sleep until she was rescued on the fourth day by Nicholas Spachadakis, second officer of the Greek freighter Captain Theo. At first, Terry Joe on her raft appeared to be one of the many white caps in the distance because she was wearing a white blouse and pink shorts or pink pants, sorry. But she caught his eye when he realized that the raft was too small to be a boat and too large to be a piece of debris. So he let the captain know and they pulled the freighter up beside her and were shocked at what they had discovered. Terry Joe emerged from unconsciousness at this point, but was still hallucinating. She just saw an enormous shadow above her that appeared to be a ship floating in the air, and she watched as it changed into a whale and then into a great wall, with people at the top shouting and waving their arms at her. Then she felt herself being lifted up as her eyes closed, and she sank back into sleep. It's so crazy what your, what happens to your mind, like, when you're at death's door like that. Like, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. The hallucination, because, you know, she was, like, severely dehydrated. She was literally on the brink of death, and, like, that. it's crazy what you're mind can do in those scenarios (laughs) i know and like just thinking about how her mind was creating an image of an island that she could swim to and she just kept being like just out of reach of it and then it would disappear Mm -hmm. like that's That's insane heartbreaking (laughs) i know it really is i'm glad that she got rescued pretty soon after that but i guess it could be your brain's like um survival mechanism to like keep you engaged and keep you trying because like if you had no hope and didn't see anything like 
maybe your body would just give up. And so maybe that was like her brain's way of like trying to keep her awake and aware and like pushing forward. And I don't know. Yeah. It's so fascinating to think about the possibilities. And like we just don't we don't really understand the brain as well as like some scientist would have you believe. Like there's a lot that we still just do not know. We don't really understand dreams a whole lot either. Yeah, that's so interesting to think that it's not just random. Like, the hallucinations could have been a literal survival mechanism. Mm-hmm. So she was rescued and the worst was over. She was in good hands now with only her physical and emotional healing journey ahead of her, which I'm sure was an immensely difficult experience. For sure. With all that she went through. Yeah. So what happened to Captain Harvey? Well, he was rescued by an oil tanker heading toward Puerto Rico the very day after the bluebell went down. So he did not have to suffer as long as Terry Joe did. Doesn't seem fair. The story he fed to the Coast Guard was that the bluebell had gone down in a sudden squall when the masts and rigging collapsed. He claimed that gas lines had ruptured in the engine room, causing a fire as the ship went down. He was able to get away on the dinghy, but sadly he was the sole survivor of this terrible accident as tangled rigging had trapped everyone else on the ship. And it's so hard to find a ship that's been lost at sea. So if it wasn't for her surviving, like he would probably just get away with everything. Exactly. Like if he had... Like, if he had just killed her like he had killed everybody else, like, he would have completely gotten away with all of this. Yeah, because his story seemed believable enough. Like, the man was reputable and no one had any reason to suspect any foul play from him. Yeah, and the thing is, like, they could definitely um, rule this out because she didn't say that there were, like, any signs of a fire. So they could definitely, like, rule out his story and tell that he's lying if they were able to ever find the shipwreck. But the odds of finding, like, a shipwreck just out in the middle of the ocean where you have, like, no information on where it went down, the odds of that are astronomical. I mean, think about how much time they sent, like, looking for the uh, Ocean Gate um, submersible that had, like, disappeared. They spent so much time looking for that, and they still only found, like, a couple pieces of wreckage. Um, And they knew somewhat the area that that was in so imagine if you had like no details of where exactly the ship went down it'd be nearly impossible to find so they would have no evidence against his story and he would basically get away with it that's insane it makes you wonder how many of these things have happened where people have gotten away with these things and we don't really have the story throughout all of human history there's probably a decent amount yeah (laughs) but Yeah, a few days later, while Captain Harvey was staying at the Sandman Hotel, the news of Terry Joe's rescue reached him, and anticipating the trouble this would most certainly land him in, as you've already said, he made the decision to end his own life. The next day, as a maid was cleaning his room, she found blood on the sheets, and when she tried to get into the bathroom, the door wouldn't budge. So she called the police, who came in to force the door open, and Harvey's body was found lying in the bathroom. With no trial, we can only guess as to why Harvey made the decision to carry out such violent acts on such a nice and innocent family. Like, the authorities' best guess at the time was that he wanted to kill his wife for the life insurance money, 
and that he was caught by one of the Duperalts and therefore felt the need to kill all of the witnesses. I can't think of anything else. (laughs) Or he could be one of those, like, super insecure fucking people who his wife actually wanted a divorce and he couldn't live with a divorce ruining his image or some shit like that. He could easily be that. Yeah. Could easily be a hundred things. very similar to, like, what you mentioned, like, still fucked up. (laughs) You see a lot of the same motives over and over in these cases. Mm -hmm. If the life insurance thing was the case, I mean... I guess he didn't feel the need to kill Terry Joe because he just assumed that she would go down with the sinking ship because she very nearly did. But it really is anyone's guess. There's no evidence to show that there would be a motive that was personal to the Duperalt family. So they were very likely just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Which is just so sad because they were just trying to like enjoy their life and go on a nice vacation and all that stuff. I know it's it's so sad. So, no one knows, and no one will ever know, but that's enough about that loser. Let's get back to the woman of the hour, Terry Jo. How remarkable is it that she managed to brave a murderer and get herself off of that sinking ship and keep herself alive for four days before being rescued? That's insane. Yeah. Today, she's 73 years old. She changed her name to Tere. So she is now known as Tere Jo Duperalt Fossbender. She is retired and lives in Wisconsin with her husband, Ron Fossbender. Together, they have six children and five grandchildren. Tere Jo sees herself as a survivor, not a victim, and believes that her life was spared for a reason. She holds the belief that if one person hears her story and it helps them to heal from some kind of tragedy in their life, then her journey was worth it. She has a book you can read if you want to get to know her even more and hear what she has to say about this strange series of events. And that is called Alone, Orphaned on the Ocean. So if you plan on setting sail at any point in your life, be careful out there. Wow, like that is a crazy story. So one thing that I don't know, I I just find interesting to think about is... It does kind of suck that when someone who does something so heinous like this just like checks out and then they never really like get held responsible for their crimes like they don't have to do time in prison or anything like that. But on the other hand, it's also kind of a good thing because what you really don't hear about when you hear about these cases like, yeah, you want like the perpetrator to, you know, suffer in prison or whatever. But a lot of times like that has a really hard toll on the family because like they have to go to court and go through like the whole trial and then if they're not like executed put on like death row or something then like they're up for probation you know every few years and then they have to go back to these hearings and like uh testify you know at their probation hearings like or not probation but um or I guess it is a pro because they get released on probation. Is that what? I uh, Dude, I'm so confused right now. Yeah, I think you're yeah. right. Yeah. They get released on probation. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they have these hearings to where they could possibly be released like every few years yeah. or whatever. Um, and then the family has to go to that and testify why they should stay in prison and all that stuff. And like, it's just a really taxing thing on the families who you know, are already suffering to have to suffer more for them to be in jail. So it's like, it's just kind of this weird thing. It's like you want 
the person to, you know, suffer in jail. So it's like, oh, they took the easy way out, you know, and that sucks that they can never be punished for their crime. But at the same time, it's like, well, it's kind of a good thing. They took the easy way out because now the family doesn't have to like suffer extra needlessly. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just like, it's a weird thing because it's like you want them to be in jail. But at the same time, it's like, maybe it's better that they're not. (laughs) Right. And in this case, like, Terry Joe would have had to like go through all these trials like by herself yeah. like with her legal team but like without her family there mm-hmm. and she would have had to like sit across from him and look at him which is like traumatizing in a whole different way yeah I don't know that's just something I find fascinating to think about yeah I mean another thing about like him killing himself is like you would never get any closure like you would never know why he did what he did and mm-hmm. I feel like that could really bother some people. Yeah. I don't know how much it would really help to know, but. Yeah, that's one of those things. It's like, how much does it mess with you not knowing versus like, if you did know, but you had to like constantly, like, especially if he wasn't sentenced to like death and he, say he was given like uh 25 to life where he has to serve a minimum of 25 but after 25 could possibly be paroled and released is it better to know and live in fear that maybe he could get out someday or is it better to not know but know that you never have to worry about him again like it's just so complicated all the different things that could just wear on you having going having gone through a situation like this like it's just impossible to understand how someone could feel having not gone through something like this. Absolutely. Well, I think that might be a pretty good place to wrap up this episode. If you all enjoyed this episode and you want to help support the podcast, the best thing you can do is leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. And if you have any stories of your own or any cases that you would like to hear us cover, you can send those in to becarefulouttherepodcast at gmail.com. And if you liked this episode and you want to give us a follow, we post a new episode every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And as always, be Be careful careful out out there. there. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.